Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Most interesting for health and fitness pros, we've turned the lessons learned coaching over 200,000 clients into a complete nutrition and health coaching system called the Precision Nutrition Certification. It's the industry's most recognized career-changing coaching system anywhere. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will coach you on growing your business, helping more people, and becoming a better coach. We'll help you become more than a personal trainer, strength coach, or nutritionist. We'll help you become the complete fitness professional. So let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, Four Huge Coaching Mistakes That Trainers and Nutritionists Make Every Day, and How You Can Avoid Them By Becoming More Client-Centered Today, by John Berardi, PhD. Here's what JB has to tell us. Almost every trainer and nutritionist I've coached over the years has made the same four coaching mistakes with their clients. If you can be one of the few to avoid them, you stand out as a true super coach. Am I a good coach? Most trainers and nutritionists wonder this, some of them secretly perhaps, every single day. You want to know if you're really as good as you think you are. You want to know if you'll stand out in the industry somehow, like you envisioned when you decided to take this path. What I've come to realize is that it's not good coach versus bad coach. In fact, some of the worst habits in the industry are the most rampant, even among the relatively good trainers and nutritionists. Most of the thousands of fitness professionals I've worked with have fallen to the same four huge coaching mistakes. Mistakes that hold them back in their careers. Mistakes that make clients fail or quit. Luckily, you can fix these mistakes. In fact, in today's article, I'll show you how to identify the mistakes how to correct them, and how doing so will help you get on the path to a truly elite coach. So, you walk into a doctor's office. I have a stomachache, you say faintly. You're intimidated by the wall of medical diplomas in front of you. Your doctor doesn't look up from her paperwork. Is it your esophageal sphincter or your jejunum? Please be specific, and hurry up. I have many patients to see today. Um, you say, (laughs) um, you can't remember high school biology. You poke your belly. The pain is a bit nebulous. You aren't sure exactly where it hurts. Doesn't matter, the doctor says briskly. It's stomach cancer. She still doesn't look up. She keeps writing. Then she hands you a pile of prescriptions. Here are the meds you'll need, she says. Please note that there are three dozen, all with distinct side effects. Good luck making sense of that. I hope your pharmacist minored in cryptology. We'll have you in chemo and radiotherapy, too. You shouldn't have eaten all that bologna, you know. Bye. Your doctor gets up and walks out. You're alone in a cold office, wearing a gown, with your butt hanging out. You look at the papers. On top, instead of your name, it says, Stomach Cancer Case, DZ-015. Forget this, you think. I'll just go home and take some Pepto-Bismol. Well, now let's look at a different scenario. You walk into a different doctor's office. The doctor greets you warmly, by name, and her body language says she's going to give you her full attention. She sits down with you, maintaining eye contact and a friendly demeanor. I have a stomach ache, you say. Well, tell me more in your own words, she says. What is the pain like? Is it sharp or dull? You think, sharp. She nods and takes a note. Does it come on suddenly or is it always there? You respond and she writes some more notes. 
She keeps probing thoughtfully until she has a clear picture of your symptoms. Well, she says, after a careful evaluation, it sounds like heartburn. Now, in my experience, the basket of chili fries and five pounds of suicide wings you eat several times a week may be the contributing factor to the problem. I'd recommend we address that issue, but it's your call. Given that new knowledge, how would you like to proceed? You think a bit. I don't want to give all that stuff up. I understand, she says with a smile. I love chicken wings too. Tell you what, why don't you start with a couple of simple steps. One from me, and one from you. I'll give you an antacid, which is simple to take, and you can try ordering four pounds of wings instead of five. Okay, you say, also smiling, I can do that. And, she adds, I'd like you to come back and see me in a week or so, regardless of how you feel. It's important to make sure you are on the right track with this plan. Please book an appointment on your way out, so it's easy for you to remember. I'll walk out with you to the front desk and connect you with our appointment booker. You leave the office? feeling understood, a little more confident, and relieved. Hey, you think, maybe I don't even need those fries. Chicken wings and a salad? That sounds good too. Yeah. So, with these two scenarios, consider, are you a coach-centered coach or a client-centered coach? The scenarios we just described represent two different methods fitness professionals and nutritionists use to work with clients. Method one, coach-centered coaching. Method two, client-centered coaching. So what's the difference? Well, coach-centered coaching is all about the coach. Just like the patient in doctor scenario number one, clients of coach-centered coaches are often intimidated and self-conscious. They are likely to compare themselves to the trainer or coach and feel inadequate. They may not know fitness and nutrition jargon. They're less likely to understand and more likely to feel overwhelmed by their nutrition prescription. And they may seem unmotivated to follow the coach's instructions. That's because a coach-centered coach doesn't do a thoughtful or thorough assessment of the client. Often, coaches are rushed and busy dealing with many clients in large gyms. And they tend to jump to conclusions based on their own areas of interest and expertise. And they often overwhelm the client with instructions and information. They may explicitly or implicitly blame the client for being lazy or unmotivated. And they may recommend changes that are too big or complex. They may leave the client without the support to make those changes. In a coach-centered approach, The coach defines the problem and then tells the client what to do. Client-centered coaching, however, is all about the client. Like the patient in doctor scenario number two, clients of client-centered coaches feel understood. They have the impression that their coach gets where they're coming from. They articulate their goals clearly. They can tell you what they want to accomplish and why. They have increased awareness of their own body. Therefore, they grasp the outcomes of their choices. And they seem inspired and motivated they're able to follow through on the changes their coaches recommend. And that's because a client-centered coach provides a welcoming space and full attention. The coach listens and will ask thoughtful questions to understand the problem better. The coach follows the client's lead and agenda and is skilled at helping the client identify key priorities. The coach lets the client be the expert on their own body, no judging. And the coach treats the client like a whole person. Lots of things in a client's life affect their nutrition and fitness. And they also take expert knowledge and the client's personal priorities into account. And this leads to effective, manageable solutions. And lastly, the coach provides articulate, clear, concrete follow-up plans. So in a client-centered approach, the focus is on the client at all times. And for a client, this is powerful and very effective. And yes, client-centered coaching is essential to being an exceptional professional. 
Decades of research in teaching, counseling, and coaching have confirmed what we found to be true with more than 45,000 precision nutrition coaching clients. The client-centered approach is much more likely to lead to an effective coach-client relationship and to long-term success. Client-centered coaching cuts down client resistance, makes your life easier, and helps both client and coach feel good about the change process. In other words, it works. Now, client-centered coaching doesn't mean anything goes or a laissez-faire approach. It simply means respecting and helping to build the client's dignity, self-determination, self-efficacy, and self-expertise. They're the authority about their own lives, not you. In fact, client-centered coaching makes clients more accountable and responsible, not less. You put them in charge. Now they're accountable to themselves. You're just there for reinforcements and guidance. So, here are the four huge coaching mistakes and how to avoid them. Like I said, if you've been practicing coach-centered coaching, you're in good company, and it doesn't mean you're a bad coach. I see it as a very normal part of a trainer or nutritionist's eventual evolution into an experienced standout coach. Correcting these mistakes requires practice, and that takes time. But the techniques I lay out in a moment are easy to apply, which means you can start using them immediately, like at your very next client session. So here they are. Coach-centered mistake number one. The answer is obvious. Sometimes a client comes to you with a problem that is relatively easy to solve. You feel like a little kid in a classroom, your arms stretched up high. I know this, I know this. Here's how this might play out. Client problem? They're not losing weight. Coach diagnosis? You look at their food journal and conclude they're eating too many starchy carbs. Coach prescription? Replace your carbs with veggies and you're all set. Here's another example. Client problem? They don't know what to eat after a workout. Coach diagnosis? They need to start eating protein. Coach prescription? After your workout, eat protein. In these examples, your diagnosis may be spot on, but the prescription is all you. The client has no part in the process of deciding the agenda. How likely do you think that client is to follow your rules? And here's a hint, very unlikely. What's more, you can't be sure that your prescription will work for that client. While the same question seems easy, you may have overlooked some key factors affecting their ability to apply and or benefit from your advice. With best intentions, you are being coach-centered. Now here's how a client-centered coach might approach the same easy question. The client problem? A client doesn't know what to eat after a workout. Your questions for discussion can include things like, can you tell me about your training program? What do you notice about your energy levels before, during, and after you work out? What do you like to eat after a workout? What's convenient and easy for you and something you enjoy? If you're going to consider making a change here, what might that involve, given what you've already told me about your schedule and ability to prep some food? So your suggestion might become, let's brainstorm some ways you might add protein to your after-workout meal that fit with the preferences you described. So yes, the client-centered coach isn't in a hurry to prescribe. They're more interested in understanding the problem and learning more about their client than they are in arriving at a diagnosis. And when it comes time to take action, a client-centered coach helps their client arrive at a next step they can feel good about. Okay, let's move on to coach-centered mistake number two. You're the expert. Yeah, it can be easy to confuse your role as a coach with your role as an expert. So let me blow your mind a little. A coach is not an expert. An expert is a sage on the stage. Experts have something to say and the spotlight is on them. They're teaching, talking, presenting, and or writing. Talking to an expert is a one-way conversation. A coach is more like a guide on the side, there to understand, support, and provide backup. Talking to a coach is much more like an exchange, where the client talks much, much more, and the coach listens. 
Many fitness professionals and nutritionists try to be both expert and coach at the same time, but that never works. You can't talk and listen at the same time. So here's a guide for expert versus coach. An expert talks and tells. A coach listens and reflects. An expert already knows. A coach is curious, looks to learn more. An expert answers questions. A coach asks questions. An expert leads the client. A coach lets the client lead. An expert points and directs. A coach guides and accompanies. An expert receives the spotlight. A coach lets the client shine. Now, for the record, there is nothing wrong with being an expert. For instance, sometimes I give talks or seminars. When I take the stage, I put on my expert hat. I'm there to share my research, opinions, and expertise. But when I'm coaching someone, I choose a different mindset. I don't do a lot of talking. Instead, I ask questions, listen, and do my best to help guide that person in a way that respects who they are and where they are. See the difference? It can be easy to slide back into expert mode, so check in with yourself. Before you meet with a client, ask yourself, am I an expert today or am I a coach? All right, let's move on to coach-centered mistake number three. You want to share what you've learned. Learning is a big part of your job. Information and knowledge are really important to you. They help you be great at what you do. But what you should know and what your clients need to know are two different things. As a coach, you need to know a wide range of nutritional and coaching concepts, theories, methods, and terminology. You may use technical language like oxidative phosphorylation or cognitive dissonance. Your clients don't need to know this stuff. And they talk in plain, everyday language, not jargon. All your clients need to know is what they should be doing right now. They need to know just enough of the what and the how to take action. The details and the why are mostly up to you. So here are some examples of technical messages that you should know, along with some practical, teachable take-home messages your clients should know. All right, our first coach-centered technical message. To optimize protein turnover, protein synthesis, thermic effective feeding, and muscle recovery, most clients should be getting around 0.7 to 1.0 grams protein per pound of body weight. The translation for client-centered coaching? See your hand? We'll use your palm for a serving size. Eat one to two palms of higher-protein foods at most meals. This includes things like chicken, fish, beef, lentils, and tofu. Here's a list of foods high in protein. Just pick from the list each time you eat. How about another one? The technical message for coach-centered coaches? To stabilize hormone and blood glucose levels, assist recovery, and fuel training, emphasize consuming carbohydrates with more complex structures, fiber, and resistant starch. The translation for client-centered coaching? Cup your hand. That's what we'll use for a serving size. At most meals, eat about one to two cupped handfuls of minimally processed carbohydrate-dense foods. Here's a list to give you some ideas. We've got fruits, whole grains, beans, root vegetables, potatoes, and so on. Just pick from the list each time you eat. Okay, here's another technical message. Someone who's trying to reduce body fat will have less K-cal flexibility, so decreasing carbohydrate and or fat intake can help to repartition intake and control overall K-cal consumption. Someone trying to gain muscle mass should increase carbohydrate and or fat intake to increase overall K-cal consumption and create a more optimal metabolic and hormonal profile for weight gain. The translation? Since you're trying to lose weight, let's work toward eating a little less food. Here's an easy way to start. Notice your normal portion sizes, and then see if you can cut that back by two-thirds to three-quarters. You can also try eating with smaller dishes. Or for the muscle builder, since you're trying to gain some muscle, let's work toward getting you to eat a little bit more. Here's an easy way to start. 
Let's add another small meal to your roster. Do you know how to make a super shake? All right, and a final example. Here's the technical message. Research is equivocal on the optimal macronutrient profile of metabolic improvement and reducing chronic disease risk. A number of systematic research reviews have concluded that a vast array of nutritional profiles can result in weight loss, metabolic improvements, and overall health. Adherence is the most salient factor in determining optimal outcome. The translation? What's the best diet? Well, it depends. I can give you some general principles to follow, but what's most important is that we find something that you enjoy and can realistically stick to. So there you have it. In client-centered coaching, you transform and translate more complicated theoretical information into practical information your clients can understand and act on immediately. You come to client sessions with handouts you made, such as grocery shopping lists and so forth, perhaps infographics you've printed, and maybe even how-to videos queued up on your tablet. As you continue to practice the client-centered coaching method and perhaps decide to get more education on nutrition, client psychology, and other aspects of your business, you'll develop many ideas for meeting your clients where they are and helping them follow through. In fact, at Precision Nutrition, we found that the faster you can guide a client from thinking to doing, the more likely they are to stay inspired and motivated. We have a seminar you can listen to to hear more of JB's thoughts on what kind of further education really serves fitness professionals best. You can find a link online in today's article at precisionnutrition.com forward slash coaching dash mistakes. All right, let's move on to coaching-centered mistake number four. Your client thinks they know it all, but they don't. Things are extra tricky when you're dealing with a quote-unquote difficult client. Suppose you and your client have worked together to create a great program customized for them, enriched with your years of experience and knowledge, and designed around their objectives and goals. You're only a couple of weeks in when the client tells you that they want to quit your plan in favor of the advice of a TV doctor who's recommending a new supplement for weight loss. At this point, it can be incredibly tempting to disagree with your client. Disagree might be putting it mildly. My advice on this will probably surprise you at first. Don't tell the client to avoid the bad TV doctor advice. Client-centered coaches know their job is not to persuade or argue or demonstrate why their way is best. Remember, a client-centered coach listens, asks questions, shares their best recommendations and ideas, and then lets the client decide, even the difficult know-it-all client. So here are the steps I help precision nutrition coaches learn for these circumstances. Number one, be curious about why that advice appeals to that client. Often, the client may be trying to meet an underlying need, such as feeling a sense of control over an uncontrollable process, or looking for the quote-unquote answer that will make everything okay. Or they may like the security of a doctor that says so, or any number of other reasons. Try to understand why that advice in particular is hooking your client's attention. Why this? Why now? Number two, look for the underlying need that the client has, if possible. Speak to that need. It sounds like you like that structure with the meal plan. Do you find that having something written out for you is helpful? Number three, speak to that underlying need if you can. For example, okay, so you're looking for some more structure. I might try another approach, such as X. I find that's easier to do and stick to, and it gets you the same type of thing as you're looking for. Number four, let them learn, try stuff, and experience what happens. If your client still wants to give the zany advice from Dr. Whoever a go, let them. Treat them as informed observers and experimenters in their own lives. And number five, turn the doctor whoever experiment into a learning experience, a way for the client to gather real-time information on what works for them and what doesn't. For example, 
I'd be curious to know how you do with Dr. Whoever's plan. Would you mind taking some notes for me on what comes up each day when you follow the plan? In particular, I'd like to know how your energy level is and how your hunger goes. And lastly, number six, tell the client you're going to monitor them closely to make sure they stay safe. For example, as your coach, I'd like to keep an eye on you just to make sure you're doing okay. I want to make sure you're getting all that you need. The key here is to respect that your clients are in charge of their own lives. Keeping them accountable to themselves means they're much more likely to reach their goals and give you your deserved credit for it. So with all this said, behavior change starts with you, the coach. Coaching can be a tough job. Sometimes it means doing the opposite of what feels normal or natural. Like when you just want to scream, don't listen to that TV quack. Plus, it can be tricky to acknowledge and change behaviors in ourselves. No one wants to think they're a coach-centered coach, but making the switch to a client-centered approach just may be the biggest, most profound thing you can do for your clients and your career. Learn it, practice it, get better at it. The results will speak for themselves. All right, so what to do next? Well, here are some tips from Precision Nutrition, beginning with the paradox of knowledge and passion. Here's a twist you probably weren't prepared for when you decide to go into the fitness and nutrition business. The more knowledge you have, the harder it can be to get into your client's mindset. The more passion you have, and the more you care about your clients, the harder it can be to step back and allow them to guide the agenda. Effective, top-notch coaching means knowing the textbook fitness and nutrition stuff so well that you can effortlessly translate and customize it for a given client's needs on the spot. The paradox? Until you have enough experience to routinely practice client-centered coaching, your knowledge can become a crutch that holds you and your clients back. Because here's the thing, and bear with me, I know you've worked hard to build that expertise. Your job in that interaction with a client is not to know a bunch of stuff and then dump that stuff on them. It's to take all that you know and translate it for them so they can take immediate action. That means giving them only what is important, relevant, and essential for them, what they can understand and absorb, and what will help them do something right now. So here's how to get the ball rolling with your new client-centered approach. Step number one, recognize where you need to grow. As you gain experience in the field, be aware of your blind spots, assumptions, and areas for further growth. And here's a hint, if you feel a strong sense of certainty about how things are and the desire to be right, you may be on the wrong path. On a scale of one to 10, how client-centered are you based on what we've described? How much time do you actually spend actively listening to your client versus interrupting or waiting for them to finish so you can talk next? How much time do you actually spend exploring their perspective and trying to understand their point of view versus assuming you know what they need? Or asking them to generate their own potential solutions or next actions first versus just giving them advice right away? Or asking them what they think they could realistically try versus just giving them instructions to follow? Think of some times when you fell into one of the mistakes discussed in the article and make a note of those situations Write down a client-centered alternative approach you can try next time. All right, tip number two, evaluate your own client-centeredness right now. Where do you think your clients would put you on a client-centeredness scale? Is there a particular client with whom you could practice being more client-centered? Before your next session with that client, write down some client-centered responses to questions or concerns she might raise, such as, what are some questions you can ask to understand the client's life and goals a bit better? What's some nutrition jargon you can translate into everyday speak? Is there a way you can adjust your recommendations for this client to take the realities of her life into account? Again, if you don't know what her life involves, how could you find out? And the advice you're about to give, could you make it simpler or clearer? 
All right, tip number three, channel your client. What's it like to be in your client's shoes? How does it feel? How do you want to be talked to? Here's the visualization exercise Precision Nutrition Super Coach Craig Weller uses to bust himself out of the coach-centered mindset. Here's what Craig says. I imagine I'm stranded on a muddy dirt road in a rental car with a flat tire and no fuel or cell phone reception in the middle of nowhere in a Costa Rican jungle. Then, this one person happens upon me in a working vehicle with a spare tire and a functioning cell phone. How would I feel? How would I hope that person, who has the potential to help, would treat me? In other words, your clients really need you. It's your job to help guide them out of the jungle and make them feel safe, respected, and supported while you do it. Okay, tip number four, observe and experience client-centered coach. In other words, don't try to do it all alone. It's hard to see your own blind spots or understand what you need in order to develop. Get feedback from an experienced mentor who can help guide you through your own coaching process. Find a client-centered coach who's willing to sit with you a few hours per month and talk through some of your work with your clients. It's like having a time machine. It allows you to see into the future of your career as an elite coach. And that, my friends, is our article today. Four huge coaching mistakes that trainers and nutritionists make every day, and how you can avoid them by becoming more client-centered today, by John Berardi, PhD. You can read the article yourself online at precisionnutrition.com forward slash coaching dash mistakes. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.